1: Welcome to Mortification of Spin. I'm Amy Bird, and I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt. And today we wanted to discuss some language that we commonly hear used in the church. Um, I know I hear it a lot more. I don't know if it's more of a occurrence in women's conversations, although I know I've definitely talked to couples who have used this language as well together, and that is the language of calling. For instance, maybe one is, a couple is debating or prayerfully considering how they want to educate their children, and I've heard then their decision was made because God is calling them to do this particular form of education, maybe homeschooling, or maybe someone is thinking about moving, and they they end up closing a conversation by using this word, God is calling me to move here. And so, it's a little different than God told me. They use this language of calling, and it leads me to wonder then, you know, what kind of authority... Does a strong impression carry or what is calling? How do you know if you're being called in a particular way? And then is it disobedient if you feel because the language is used, then it would be disobedient for me to send my children to private school or public school because God is calling me Mm -hmm. to homeschool. What do you think, guys? Have you ever heard that kind of language?
2: Lots. I mean, that sort of language is ubiquitous among Christians. You hear it all the time. And I think. Again, I I don't want to cast dispersions on anybody's motives. I think what's behind it is a desire to have a sense of assurance Mm -hmm. that if I make this decision, because God is calling me, so to speak, to put my kid in that school or to put my kid in that school or to take my kid home and home. if I say that this is God calling us to do that, now, I'm not saying he's calling you to do that, but he's calling us Mm -hmm. to do that, then I think what's behind that is this hope that therefore it's got to go well. (laughs) It's got to go well because after all, God's calling me to do that. And I think also there's this assumption that in order for us to make big and important decisions, it's not enough to just say, you know, as a Christian, we've looked at these options and. We think this is the best choice for us. That just right. sounds so unspiritual, you know, <laughs> to mm-hmm. just appeal to sanctified wisdom. That's just not; yeah. it doesn't have enough guarantees attached. Yeah, very
1: spiritual to it. language with divine guidance right, attached right. to it, like this right. personal divine guidance, mm-hmm. Plus, um, and and that's the only path to obedience for them.
2: Right. Then. Plus, if I say that God is calling me to do this, then I automatically negate any. Contrary counsel you might give me.
1: (laughs) Right. Like I said, it's a conversation closer.
2: It is. Uh, You can't
1: ask any questions or offer any wisdom or Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. let them talk it out more of what's going on in their own mind.
2: And think about it this way think about if you're Carl Truman. And think about if you're Carl Truman Uh as a high school student and how many times. He yeah. must have heard from girls in his classes, "No, God is calling me not to go out with you, Carl." Right. I mean, so, so Carl. was a college, actually.
3: This, yeah. So Carl general. has got to have a
2: lot of experience
3: with this. Well, I, yeah, and I mean that's a good example because you know God doesn't call people to ruin their lives, <laughs> right? You know, when those <laughs> girls used to say that to me, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing now. You know what train wrecks of lives must have as a result of passing up such a. Wonderful opportunity. Right. Uh, But seriously, uh, I I think that when we talk about calling, there is a sense in which we have to give some place to what we might call the internal call. Yes. That, you know, there are times when we feel strongly that we should do something. But I think we need to understand, first and foremost, it's us feeling strongly that we should do right. that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the external call is often critical. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most obvious example is ministry. Right. It's mm-hmm. not enough to feel called cool to the ministry. Somebody, a church, has to call you to the ministry as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. you might have a deep psychological conviction that you're meant to be in a pulpit. But if there isn't a church on the face of the earth willing to recognize that you have the abilities to fulfill that role,
2: you're not called. Right. And that brings up a really interesting point. Again, you know, because people will hear this and say, well, hold it. You say you're called to ministry. Well, I say I'm called to ministry only insofar as a church has confirmed that with lots of voices together. Now, I was just reading something Less than a week ago, and the three of us have communicated a little bit about it through email, but Perry Noble, the former pastor of New Spring Church in South Carolina, it was the largest church in the state. It was one of the largest and fastest growing churches in the country for quite a while. Massive, massive church with multiple locations. He was fired a couple of years ago, has gone through, you know, there were all kinds of issues. His wife has filed for divorce. It's a very, very sad and tragic Story, but uh, his former church, the elders of his former church, or the the leadership of his former church, has said, Look, we don't believe the man should be in ministry. And he has reacted against that and has now started his own church, which is now meeting, if you will, online, where he preaches a message online and everybody gets on and watches it. And his hope is to eventually build a church and start gathering there. But his whole justification is, Hey, God never took away my call. God Mm -hmm. never took away my call, to which I would say, well, he most certainly did, because the church yeah. said, you mm-hmm. have to leave this. You're not qualified for this. And so so God did take away his mm-hmm. call. But, but again, back to the point, Amy, that you were making originally, his call is so, this is me and God,
1: and mm-hmm. nobody
2: can tell me contrary.
1: It's private instead of, I mean, there's a corporate dimension to calling. Right. right. So,
2: so even so there's this real danger of saying, God's calling me to do this. There's a real, there's a danger to that, and it skips, and I think very much takes away from the role that wisdom is to play in the life of a Christian. What is wrong yeah. with saying, this seems like the best decision for us?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: And if, Noble's a good example, because when God's calling for you clearly contradicts God's word… Yes. You ain't called. Right. Tully right. Chavidian is no longer called to the ministry. Right. He's mm-hmm. disqualified. Right. Harry Noble appears to be disqualified from the mm-hmm. ministry. God doesn't call in a way that contradicts his, his word. word. You know, to quote Philip Carey's book again, that voice inside your head, that calling inside your head, that's not God. That's <laughs> you, you. <laughs> that's you. That's right. you. Or maybe it's your bank balance calling, you know, yeah. that but, it, but it's not God.
1: Yeah, so when somebody says that they're feeling peace about a decision, I mean, mean, there's something real to that sometimes, but it's it's something that we have to be discerning about if it's a sinful decision, or maybe even if it's just an unwise decision, then maybe that is a false peace that they are feeling, which can easily happen.
3: Yeah, and we should add as well that this kind of, this sort of silliness is no monopoly, I think, of any particular strand of the Christian church.
1: No, I I hear it all over the place.
3: I had a friend, very high-flying academic friend in the Netherlands, who left his wife because the Holy Spirit had called him to marry one of his doctoral students. Wow. The Holy Spirit just doesn't call people to do that. Right And yet, one of the cleverest men I knew, not a benighted evangelical pietist or you know whatever mm-hmm. condescending language you want to use, not one of them at all. This was a man who clearly should have known better, right, but mm-hmm. was called by the Holy Spirit to commit a heinous sin, yeah yeah
1: well and it's just a way to then close the door for outside counsel yep. when you say that you 're cutting yourself off from the very thing God gives us to help us to grow in wisdom because these are hard I mean that's not a hard decision because that's just a a sinful choice mm-hmm. but when you're thinking about educating your children right. or even whom you will marry what there's different yeah there's different paths to obedience mm-hmm. there and um these are areas where We really grow through prayerfully considering and talking with others. And then maybe even not in a marriage, obviously, it's a sin to say, okay, I made the wrong decision, but it is in like maybe something with educating your child or where you're living to say, okay, well, through God's providence, this is where I am now, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's more wise to take this other path.
2: And again, we fully affirm, listen, you know, we're confessional reform folks. We have a high view of God's sovereignty and his providence in leading and guiding his people just according to his plan. Mm -hmm. What we deny is that we get to have some sort of really infallible view into what that guidance is going to be. But we want to fully affirm that God sanctifies his people. And that includes our minds and our decision making ability. He gives us wisdom, not just privately but mm-hmm. but through the witness of other believers in our lives. And so, you know, you've mentioned education, Amy. You know, I will talk to people who both say with equal conviction, well because of the great commission, I know that God is calling us to have our kids in public school, or somebody else will say, no, because of the parent's role and our covenantal responsibility, I know that he's calling us to not have our kids in and you know, I want to say to both of them: it's okay for you to have strong mm-hmm. sense yeah. of what you're supposed to do, yeah. but 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 be really careful about language that is hard to distinguish between God giving you some sort of private revelation. Be very care,
3: avoid that. That's why I prefer the to use calling for external. Yes, the external mm-hmm. call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
1: there's some areas where if right. you're married, God's calling you in this marriage. <laughs> right. If you're a parent, God is calling you to be yep. a godly parent. And, yep. and that involves being obedient to his word every single day and dying to ourselves right. every single day. I mean, Scripture's pretty clear on the things that we need to do to be in God's will. Yeah. So, And then he gives us this freedom and even to take risks. When we have multiple good decisions before us.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're married, you don't have to wonder whether or not your spouse is the right one for you. Right. They are the right one for you. (laughs) If you're pregnant, you don't have to wonder about whether or not it's God's will for you to have a child. I have Um, a suspicion
3: that Karen wonders many, many days whether (laughs) you're the right one (laughs) for (laughs) her. Well, I I have to say I have some sympathy with that. Well, I'm
1: constantly constantly
3: Uh, having to tell
2: her. Karen, stop thinking I'm too good for you. You know, I just always have to reassure. <laughs> I know now, See, your the wife, reason I can say that she's I, not there,
3: deluded. She's not deluded. <laughs> the, the,
2: the reason I can say that is because my wife does not listen to this program, and so you know, I can say all kinds of things, and she's never going to know about it. So, terrible. <laughs> uh, okay, what, were we going to say something else? <laughs> I, I think we've I, said I enough. Feel cool. <laughs> program to a close at this point (laughs) (laughs) well and i and i want to make sure that people understand god guides his people god is sovereign god leads us by his providence that is infallible and always according to his perfect will but we deny that we have some kind of infallible knowledge as to what that is if you're a christian don't be shy about saying we've thought about this a lot We've prayed about it. We've sought counsel. And this seems like it's the best thing to do. That's a wonderful answer for a Christian to give mm-hmm. as to why they made a particular choice. Right. It's a wonderful answer for a Christian to say, this seems like the wisest choice. Mm-hmm. That's a God glorifying, great answer. You don't have to make it more spiritual
3: than that. Right. Well, thanks for joining us today. on modification of Spin bully pulpit. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be with you. Hope that we've created more clarity than uh, opacity on this particular issue. Please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org. And if you feel called to make a donation to our program, uh, you can click the button and make a donation there. God does call for that, by the way.
1: Yeah, divine guidance.
3: Uh, Did you decide on a giveaway, Uh, my suggestion was we just Give away the Bible and tell people to read it. But <laughs> well,
2: it, no, my suggestion was that the Alliance start a new program where people can pay a particular sum and get ten minutes on the phone with me. And so Todd. Yeah. yeah
3: so I think, think that. Exactly. Whatever this man tells you to do, do the opposite.
2: <laughs> Actually, we're gonna give away copies of Kevin DeYoung's book, Just Do Something, which is a wonderful little book on guidance and we think in many ways clears up some of the confusion that's been added to Christians' minds over what they should reasonably expect
3: from God guiding them. There you go. So, do you want to go to our website, modificationspin.org, make a donation if you feel called, and enter to win a copy of Kevin DeYoung's book. We look forward to being with you next time.
0: And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... I remember preaching through the Book of Acts last year
2: and how many times I had the opportunity to talk about hatred between different groups, hatred between
3: different ethnicities, just from the Book of Acts. And really, the game is not about actually having a discussion. The game is about one group that perhaps smells blood at this point, brutally imposing its rhetorical will on all those who would dare to dissent.
0: That interview is next time. Join us then.
3: I heard a guy preach on Revelation when I first converted. And I went up to him afterwards and said, what do I need to read to understand this book? It's kind of weird. And he said, the late great planet Earth. Ah, <laughs> the local Christian bookshop. They'd never heard of it. They had to, or, they had to order it in for me.
0: Oh, I got really? to
3: about page 30. I thought, this is rubbish. I, yeah. you know, I'm an intelligent human being, I think. I can't possibly <laughs> I think